Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'. So good to have you with us, everybody. Appreciate it. For those of you who are listening on a downloaded basis, this is Monday, March 14th, the broadcast with Bill Bracken as our special guest, and we're talking about the America's Homeowner Alliance program that Bill started. It's very exciting, very compelling information, and it's a great program. We can't wait to get into it in the Hot Topics segment. So how is daylight savings time working out for you? I tell you, there's one of those things where you look at daylight savings times and it just, uh, I don't know if it's the spring forward. You you know, you look forward to different aspects of it. uh, But, you know, do you know the origin of daylight savings time? It started with Ben Franklin, and it was to make, help people be more productive. He just didn't like it, the fact that because of the time zone changes is that people were sleeping when it was daylight. So he thought, well, let's come up with this concept of daylight savings time. And so that's been around. Now, it's really interesting. If there's a growing more number of people are saying, let's just go to one time. Let's all just agree on one time and stop this nonsense of having to adjust clocks twice a year. So we'll see what happens with that. So anyway, I thought I'd share that little antidote with you. Side little note, daylight savings time. Good to have you all with us here. I see people dialing in from all over the country. Appreciate you doing so. It's fun to listen to the ones that dialed in early. I get to try to get on the line with them shortly. We've got the whole lineup today with us. Uh, the Prophet Doctor is not with us, missing him, but we have the, everyone else here with us and looking forward to covering all that's going on. We appreciate you making this your way of staying on top of what's going on in the industry. This is our give back to the industry. I've been at this for 43 years along with Alice, Joe, and everyone else, and it's our way of giving back and providing information for you. Again, this broadcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals. And we're just so honored to be the have received the Innovation Award by Progress in Lending. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors. Uh, ArchMI is one of their newer sponsors, and they have an innovative new RateStar product that we're going to talk about a little bit later in the program. Also, we have Motivity Solutions, the industry's leading business intelligence technology. And what they provide is a to their clients is real-time reporting and dashboards and scorecards. It's plugged into your LOS. You have a knowledge of what's going on in your company on a consolidated or drilled-down basis. It's really interesting. We're going to get a KPI of the week from them a little bit later in the podcast. Also, a special thank you goes out to Velma. It stands for Virtual Electronic Marketing Assistant. Velma.com, V-E-L-M-A.com. Check them out. They're a great resource for getting your word and uh, marketing campaigns out, staying in touch with customers. You know, we don't do the best job of that in the industry, and I encourage you to use a tool like Velma. In fact, don't use any tool. Use Velma. They're the best. They're so flexible. You can do set it and forget it campaigns, or you can do what I do, and that's drive them nuts with last minute. Hey, can you get this out, please? So anyway, they're a great group of folks. Also, our newest sponsor is Simplifile. Great to have them with us in a post-trade world. Timing is as essence and waiting for an email and the latest update is unacceptable. And with Simplifile, you can collaborate with settlement agents by a way of a real-time chat and messaging. You also can track and share and receive validate documents in a real-time way. It's a very valuable service. You can also share changes and updates. Now, we know that is something that's going on all the time, as well as communicate deficiencies in what's going on in a real-time back-and-forth electronic communication. And the best part of it all, it is a complete audit trail of who said what and when. Check it out, simplifile.com or call them at one 800 Go back and listen to Nancy Alley's interview we had about three weeks, four weeks ago. Really good interview, and it's really insightful to what this tool can do to help your business. Of course, we always want to sponsor, uh, say thank you to our contributors that are on this every week. Alice Alvey, Joe Farr, Andy Shell, who's not with us this week. Paul Mala, who we have on the line, as well as Sam Garcia. Just appreciate everyone helping make this so possible and to what we do here. I'm looking forward to the MBA conference is coming up April 3rd through the 6th is the National Technology Conference, the MBA, and it's in at the JW Marriott. I'll be doing a live podcast from the uh, booth, the DNH booth, who's just becoming a new sponsor, and we'll be up and running with their sponsorship, but we'll be doing a live podcast 
podcast from there of our regular Monday program. So if you're at the conference, swing by. I'd love to interview you and have you say hi to everybody. We'll be doing that again at the NBA Tech Conference. April 7th is the Single Family Rental Finance Workshop. Also, the state and local workshop is April 11th through the 12th, which parallels with the National Advocacy Conference. Also, the Legal Issues and Regulatory Compliance Conference is coming up on May 1st through the 4th. That is at the Hyatt Regency in Denver. Check out all of the conferences at by Googling MBA Conferences and Education. Also, while you're there, Google Mortgage Access Alliance and get signed up with that. Excellent way to stay. Keep your voice, have your voice heard, and uh, the MBA makes it so easy. Without further ado, let's find out what is going on in the markets. Joe Farr, good to have you here. Nice, good hey, bit of a, a big rally, but enough. Yeah, nice. Well, it's, nice it's better. Right it's better than it ended the day Friday. So uh, yeah, gotta no be kidding. happy with that. And and probably we're well, we're near the best price of the day at up six. And um, you know those who have put out prices before now, and obviously that's most people are are um, you know that price is you know got the potential being made a little better if we have a, uh, continue to improve. But you know I can't uh-huh. say I know uh, we're we're just seeing a little drift higher. It started about ten thirty, and and uh, we've we've gone up since then. You know, going back yeah, over the last the few days. Yeah, I mean we're really yeah. been kind of quiet. We've had a few days where we had we were up uh, down eight and up up eight thirty seconds. Then a few days where we were a little bit. And now we've recovered all that. So uh, been kind of a quiet uh, last week or so in the market. Um, well, let's talk about last week. Yeah, last week we had very little economic news last week. Import prices was the big event, you know, and that's usually not a big event. But uh, import prices was really the only economic event other than the jobless claims number. And, and um, you know, import import prices have been falling. And the pace of, of the amount that they're falling has slowed. So, you know, falling import prices are good on in, uh, on our inflation keeps it low so as they begin to fall less rapidly uh that can begin to be uh concerning uh most of the drop in import prices are due to imported oil but even when you exclude that it's uh the prices have been on a on a consistently uh falling basis for uh, several months now many months now actually and uh and you know with those with the amount of fall slowing it could uh, you know, at some point could be a, a concern. Initial jobless yeah. claims uh, fell to a very, very healthy 259,000. Uh, so the big story last week was ECB, and uh, yeah. they announced more stimulus, just like uh, the market expected, but uh, actually the, the amount of stimulus they uh, announced was more than what the market expected. Yeah. Certain components of it were as expected, like the increase in the size of the bond uh, or the asset purchase program, the QE. Uh, the surprise, though, came in that they expanded the qualifying assets to be purchased under that program to inc- include corporate debt. And of course, that was that was good for um, you know stocks and uh, you know the MBS price component of that really had very few surprises so we didn't see a big reaction on the uh, MBS market when that announcement was made on Thursday. Now switching to this week Dave it's a totally different yeah. story. We have a bunch of economic news to deal with and and uh you know consensus calls for some of it about half of it to be uh you know, some signs of weakness and some of it to show signs of strength. And so, unfortunately, the bigger the items are showing signs of weakness. Uh, so yeah. starting out tomorrow, we got retail sales, which is expected to drop some, uh, PPI and Empire State Index, and then the Home Builders Housing Index comes out tomorrow. Uh, that's supposed to be uh, better than, than it was last month. And then on Wednesday, we get CPI, Housing Starts, and Industrial Production. And again, that's a mixed bag. Industrial production is expected to fall. Housing starts are expected to rise. Uh, CPI is expected to have uh, a small increase when you take out the uh, uh, food and energy component. And on Thursday, jobless claims, Philly Fed, Jolts, and Friday's consumer sentiment. Uh, the big event, obviously, is is the the Fed statement and press conference will it's come out event. on Wednesday. The the statement 
uh, people, the, the expectations are that there'll be no change in the Fed funds rate, and uh, but everyone will be uh, listening intently to what they say in the statement and what uh, Janet Yellen says in the press conference regarding the current state of the economy and how the overseas uh, environment is uh, weighing in on the economy. And you know, as the other foreign central banks have have been loosening policy, how might that influence what the Fed says about their policy? So uh, the press conference on uh, or the statements to be read on Wednesday at uh, at 2 o'clock Eastern time with the press conference to follow about 2.30. That is going to be very interesting to see. Uh, now, how, how does this differ, or is this the same as the FOMC meeting, or is this uh, different, if so, yeah. how? No, this is it, this is it, but this one has the com- the the uh, press conference to follow. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, so there's we're yeah. getting a little more commentary in addition to just right. Well, we'll have all afternoon to be uh, on the lookout for whatever might be said. Well, it's interesting. We're anticipating the markets seem to be anticipating with rates having fallen there for as much as they did that weaker economic data. But now we've watched the Freddie Mac rate survey for the last two weeks. Has rates going back up? So I mean, yeah. Les yeah. Parker. Remember when we had him on? He said we're going to see things fall as they did, and then he says they're going to rise for the rest of the year. Are we at that point where they're going to be in to rise, or are we going to stay at these levels? Very interesting. Who doth know? We certainly don't try to project it, but we sure do a great job yep. reporting. You do an awesome job with what you have. I don't know how people run their business without MBS Quote Line. Up, on, I have it on my iPad, my iPhone, and on my desktop running all the time. All of them. I'm wherever I'm at. I'm checking the market, see where it's at. So, Good. Paul, you're doing a great job, Joe, with what you have, so appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have you participate in the topic with Phil Bracken a little bit later? We have Paul Mallow online. We're going to be right back with him in just a moment after this brief word. Looking for that competitive edge? MBS Quoteline delivers live market coverage for originators. Get up-to-the-minute mortgage market news and analysis as events occur. Get MBS prices as trades happen. Straight to your computer, email, cell phone, or PDA. Know in advance when your investors will reprice. Make better lock float decisions and increase your income. Be the expert your clients expect and know what's moving interest rates right now, tomorrow, and beyond. MBS Quoteline, delivering live market coverage for originators. Learn more about MBS Quoteline today at MBS. MBSQuoteLine.com. MBSQuoteLine.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin' on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin. Yep. I keep forgetting to adjust this volume button. That's just that's amazing. Little pieces of technology, and then there's the volume button. Anyway, good to have you back with us, everybody. We have Paul Malo dialed in from the D.C. area, and we're thrilled to have you here, Paul. And I'm looking at your website, imfnews.com. So glad I've signed up to get this information into my inbox. Encourage our listeners to do the same. But let's run through the headings, real, the headlines real quickly here. Some real interesting information. Go for it. Uh, well, let me see. We, you know, we we crunched the quarterly bank uh, and thrift data, and banks, you know, lo and behold, once again, they increased their um, their holdings of whole loans, and quite a bit of this has come from uh, jumbos, of course. Which, you know, why not make a jumbo at four uh, percent when you're only paying a quarter point on your deposits? It's sort of a no-brainer. Uh, you know, when is this ever going to end? I don't know. Um, if I was that smart, I guess I'd be a bond trader. Uh, some of this, you know, accounts for uh, delinquent mortgages repurchased from Ginnies. But, you know, bottom line, uh, banks are putting whole loans in portfolio. Uh, will they ever turn around and securitize this stuff? I don't know. Uh, but it's a nice nice little profit margin for them, and, and the trend doesn't seem yeah. to be abating. I mean, the increase wasn't huge quarter to quarter. But uh, year over year was 3.4 percent, and when banks got 1.87 trillion uh, in first liens on on your books, uh, you know that's that's just a huge number. Uh, we got a story from one of our weekly newsletters inside MBS and ABS. We got wind of a plan that's being uh, drawn up by the rating agencies to give some kind of legal guidance to the um uh I'm sorry the due diligence firms are coming up with legal guidance for the rating agencies to deal with trade errors uh I am told this could be unveiled publicly or at least to the interested parties in the next week or two uh Clayton uh, Holdings has got a role in this uh from what I understand and this all goes back to the so-called clarifying trade letter 
that the CFPB sent to MBA in late December, and you know the industry wants something that their attorneys can take and uh, you know look at and you know get some kind of legal comfort on trade errors and and what the legal liability is in the secondary market for any of these loans that are sold. This has been a big problem or a problem, shall we say, for the non-banks who have no portfolio to put their loans in. Uh, if it gets kicked back for trade error and there's been an active scratch and dent uh, trade secondary market going on for the last uh, month or so, and uh, right now it doesn't look like the volume's going down much, but it could if this document comes out and, and, and gets adopted and, and you know sees the light of day, yeah. and everyone's real comfortable. So we'll we'll keep everyone updated on that. Uh, Morvest, uh, they're in Dallas. Oh, do you know those guys, David? Morvest Capital, Hi. David Fly. Do not. Oh, okay. He's oh, yes, David, right. yes, David. No, yes, yes, yes. yes. I know David yeah, very he's well. got a. Yeah, um, he works. I think he works with uh, Larry Schobano and Chuck Klein sometimes yeah. on stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's out there. He's hired a national uh, sales director, a guy uh, named Chris uh, Negri. I think I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, he he left Promontory Financial. Was in Denver. Uh, before that, he was with uh, Lender Live, and now he's uh, national sales director of uh, mortgage servicing sales. Uh, for more vast, and they're a new player in that business. Entered it late last year, and you know they think they could carve out a you know a piece of the action, along with the other big established players. Um, you know, NationStar <laughs> put out a press release this morning about their stock buyback program, basically saying, you know, it didn't go all that well, and in, in, in a way, that's good. <laughs> I mean. You know yeah. they want they want to buy back a hundred million in stock and uh, they only did seventy thousand. But uh, you know their stock the buyback program is you know was based on a low price when it was first announced and their stock price rose. So who's going to sell you know who's going to sell their the stock back, exactly right. back to NationStar if it's risen? I mean it, at the offering price that is under market. So it's just a little little silly, but it's they put out a less you know release. So I mean NationStar should point out. You know, unlike the other two big non-banks, the publicly traded Aquin and Walters, I mean, they've been earning money or they earned money in the past year. Uh, and I guess the analysts and the industry is a little more bullish on their future than, than some of the other companies. But we'll see um, how Aquin and, and, and Walter maneuver through this situation for them. Uh, FHA, uh, VA, this has been out before, but we just updated a little bit. They're calling for forbearance on uh, having to do with oh certain aspects of the water contamination crisis in Flint, Michigan. Of course, you know no one wants to make a mortgage if the water is not drinkable. So uh, there's right. you know some issues there. Uh, short takes, you know, just real quick. Uh, you know, we heard about a, a somewhat large portfolio moving from a subservice or in-house to one of their clients. This isn't tied to the $55 billion subservicing contract that NationStar, we heard, uh, got from another company. Uh, so we're still digging into that. We'll see what happens. Uh, gain on sale. There's a report from Compass Point Research and Trading saying they think the first quarter is going to be pretty good for gain on sale margins for mortgage bankers. And that's sort of the long and short of it. Just a real quick note, uh, Altasource lost money in the fourth quarter, uh, but they had a big charge on one of their items, and they gained two big uh, banks as clients. So that's that's it for today. Yeah, that's interesting. It's, you know, when you look at the gain on sale rise, I don't know that it's dropping to the bottom line as quickly as uh, everyone like the cost of doing business is just going through the roof and uh, with these regulatory uh, changes that are coming up staying compliant so i mean uh, looking at the sure. what the costs have done it's it's nuts paul you got a great website and you do a great job of covering all the information i encourage our listeners to sign up for this great newsletter to come into your desk into your inbox imfnews.com get it it's great stuff paul thanks so much for joining us today thank you appreciate it have a good week always good Great, everyone in there. Thank you. Let's go over to Alice Alvey. Good to have Alice here with us each and every week. She gives us updates on the legislative side of what's happening, the regulatory side. Alice, what you got for us this week? Hi, Dave. Well, it's interesting that Paul brought up the Flint water um, crisis. You know, we talked about it. I remember bringing it up on a couple shows ago okay. and someone saying, what is this? We hadn't heard. Well, now everybody knows, or for the most part, but for those of you who maybe haven't paid attention to out-of-state news, um, we do have a challenge in Flint, Michigan, where in a battle between two different cities, right, in between Detroit and Flint, at the point that they were trying to, uh, Flint needed to try and save some money, 
uh, and there's a long story. And actually, if you read the story in Wikipedia, it actually does chronological the events. Those of you are going, really? how did they get to the point? Um, but it does involve the city of Flint making a decision to try and decontaminate the water. And in that process, those chemicals corroded the pipes, and that's what put the new higher concentrations of lead and some other things that they're concerned about in the water. So it really is... Um, Beyond just lead, there are some other health hazards they're looking into. Um, and I will say as a resident of Michigan that this is not anything new. Um, there have been challenges with Flint water for a very long period of time, over several years. It's now on the national news where, of course, it's making folks uh, have to pay attention to it within their lending. And, of course, Congress is going to jump in as well. So we have two new bills that were introduced. I'm not <laughs> sure how far they will go, but they are titled the Lead Safe Housing for Kids Act. And so for those of you who remember that we used to have to get lead paste letter lead based paint letters signed, right? Yep, it used to be on the lender. That. We finally got that moved to it's on the realtor's side to get that taken care of. Well we're watching these bills just from the standpoint of what is it going to do for lending? Um, is it going to fall on the lender in order to make sure there's compliance with the law or is it going to remain at the realtor level. So we will watch these bills. Um, they were just introduced, one in the House and one in the Senate last week. And certainly I think it doesn't really change lending other than potentially cause one other piece of paper you might have to get before going to closing uh, for any house, not just those in Flint, Michigan. Um, one thing that sure. was Add it, add it to the stack of other papers we're doing right. here now. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, when you go paperless, right, it's just another screen yeah, to have no to problem. check. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So the, another dot to sort. So um, in the SAFE Act Transitional Licensing Act passed the House Financial Services Committee. Some people were thinking this already passed a vote, but it did not. It just moved out of committee. Uh, the next step is to have it go to the full House for vote. This is the idea of trying to develop a temporary license, license status for folks who are working at a bank, you know, you're originator, this is your livelihood and your paycheck, and you want to be able to move to a, a lender. And so what what happens, you know, you, you don't you aren't licensed and you run into this catch twenty two with how the paperwork and licensing works to get NMLS approved that you end up having a gap once you get to your new company uh, where you're not licensed and you're not able to originate. Um, and they want to certainly allow folks to be able to make a living. So I think this is a good bill. It's one that MBA is pushing. The Mortgage Action Alliance was firing out last week. For those of you who have clicked yes on yep. that, you know what I'm talking about. And you know how easy that is to participate in the Mortgage Action Alliance. Um, so it definitely uh, helped last week. And I think this is a good thing for the industry to come up with a transitional licensing solution. So watch that. That's House Bill 2123. One, it's been around for a while. It's going on a year since it was introduced, but we'll keep watching it and uh, keep pushing it forward. We've got some other things that came up. I mean, certainly people are struggling with no before you owe and implementation problems there. Uh, we stopped calling it TRID because it's no longer integrated disclosures, right? They are the disclosures. <laughs> so we may have to start slowly but surely moving away from the TRID term and except that people will <laughs> yep. be saying KBYO, right? Only I don't know how to say that fast. Kibio, Kabaiwo, I don't know. It sounds like Kumbaya. I don't know. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> anything but. So <laughs> anyway, um, we are seeing that TRID problems are continuing. The lenders still trying to get a handle. Um, so we've been working with a lot of companies showing them how our OCR technology and our Kaizen system can help take a little pain out of the time frames. Yeah. So um and one last thing about appraisals, there was uh, there were um, three financial regulatory agencies clarified the current use of appraisals versus property evaluations. Now, lenders, you go, what do you mean? I've always got to use an appraisal. Who's getting an exception here? Well, the banks, you know, small community banks did have a, a exception for smaller loans where they could use right. other types of value uh, determinations as long as it met certain criteria. Um, they're really trying to encourage that the lenders don't do that. Um, so this is good guidance. I like a level playing field, and um, so it was good to see that come out to try and discourage the use of other valuation models from your smaller community lenders. That's my notes for today, Dave, and I'll kick it back to you. Good job. It's good to have you here. It's really interesting what's going on in Flint. That did capture, when it came up in some of the presidential debates, it, it really captured the attention, and it does really have significant ramifications. But 
I love that. You know, what is that Ronald Reagan saying? I'm from the federal government, and I'm here to help. So that's that's why they're here. They're obviously here to help make sure we don't have these. So we introduce yet more regulation. And who are they asking to make sure we do it right and cover this? The lenders, which creates more liability, which means costs are going up for consumers. Do they not get it, Alice? I do not know. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, I don't think uh, that's going to help here. And I, there's more to learn as that bill unfolds, so we'll keep you posted. Yes, yeah, keep us posted for sure. Al, so good to have you with us. We're going to have uh, back with Sam Garcia right after the break. We'll be right back with you in just a moment. If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization, Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support, portfolio, conventional, or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge. Oh, yeah, they will give you the edge. Definitely get a hold of Alice Alvey. encourage you to do so. 1-800-278-0200. Sam Garcia, good to have you with us, my friend. I'm looking at your headline here on your website, MortgageDaily.com, and you say that Orange County, now is this Orange County? Yeah, it is say Orange County, California. Job growth in that sector is seeing, uh, it's starting to see some strong growth. That's my uh, where I had one of my last companies I was involved in, and um just saying, you know, there was a period of time, Sam, where if it said that if you're not in mortgage banking, honk, because I think everybody in Southern California was in the mortgage industry at one point. Good to have you here, Sam. What you got for us? Uh, it's good to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, Gosh, I remember getting off the plane at uh, John Wayne Airport and just seeing all those subprime companies right from the window there. Uh, you know, all right. their towers were there. And of course, Orange County is near and dear to my heart because that's where I grew up, and uh, I miss it. It's a great place. But that particular story was a wire story we put out from the Orange County Register. And, uh, you know, they're just basically talking about how the real estate industry in general um, added like more than a quarter of the jobs that were added in the region there. You know, things are blowing and going there right now. So, uh, um, yeah, that was interesting. Interesting, you picked it up on on that too. Yeah, uh, we put so. we put we put out our, our mortgage market index, which is a measure of average per user rate locks by open close clients, and that was down 11 percent last week. Um, I suspect that much of that is due to spring break, because certainly spring break has an impact on the news business. We see the number of stories drop and the activity go down during this period. So that I, I would attribute some of that to 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 the spring break. And also, of course, we've had a little bit of rising rates, so that tends to put a dent in uh, refinance activity. But what was down most last week was jumbo business. It sank by a third. So that was the most of any category. And, uh, you know, jumbo activity does tend to be volatile. But in the most recent report, what we saw is that interest rates on jumbo loans were about the same as on conforming rates. And that's the first time that jumbo rates hadn't been lower than uh, conforming rates in a while. So that potentially reflects declining demand from banks for jumbo loans to put in their portfolios because their originators are kind of tied up with more refinances uh, more recently since rates did take a dip there. So uh, that's what I suspect at least. CoreLogic put out its latest uh, equity report, and that report said that the average loan-to-value in the country was 57.8% in the fourth quarter, which uh, means that... Yeah, which means, of course, lenders are in a little bit better position than they were a year earlier when the average loan to value was 59.7%. And uh, looking at you know looking at it more closely by state, we saw that Arkansas had a 71.6% average loan to value. That's the highest in the country. And at the other end of the spectrum is Hawaii, where the loan to value averaged 43.6%. So a big gap there between the highest and lowest states. Um, interactive. Uh, Mortgage advisors announced last week two agency MSR offerings, uh, MSR offerings, uh, and they're about four billion combined. One of them was for 1.9 billion, and that was in uh, Freddie Mac loans. And the second one was for mortgage servicing rights on 1.8 billion in, in Fannie and Freddie, or I'm sorry, Fannie and Jenny loans. Um, and both of those offerings have a California concentration. Um, last week, the uh, National Credit Union Administration said that Debbie Matz is stepping down as later, excuse me, and uh, 
She was originally nominated uh, to the board by President George W. Bush in 2002, and she she was actually uh, nominated to be chairman by President Obama in 2009, uh, right about the time that the you know financial crisis was at its depth. So, um, also last week, Gen- Genworth uh, announced that it was cutting its rates for some lower or I'm sorry higher credit score borrowers, um, and this followed uh, Radiant's move last month to do the same thing on some some of those same type of borrowers. And finally, uh, one other uh, story that was of interest last week that we covered was uh, that LendingTree put out its fourth quarter report on its highest rate uh, network lenders. And among mortgage companies, Home Plus Mortgage was the highest rated lender in, in the fourth quarter. Um, and those standings are based on like a weighted average uh, review of ratings and the volume of customer reviews and things like rates and fees and so forth. So, um, anyway, so that's uh, some of the headlines we have good, from this last week. Good, good headlines, good, excellent website, great research that you have available to those who subscribe to your website. I encourage people to do so. If you're wanting to look at the markets, what's going on, get a hold of the Sam at, uh, well, you can call him at 214-521-1300 or go to the website, mortgagedaily.com. Thanks so much, Sam, for joining us. Always good to hear what's going on with things out there. So appreciate it. Appreciate so the opportunity. Thanks, David. You bet. It's an honor to have you here, friend. Okay, well, we want to check out, you know, each week we have a KPI of the week, and I love getting these. And we have John Mayneal with us, who is going to share with us this week's KPI from Compliments of Motivity Solutions. Thanks very much, Dave. Always great to be here. And this week's key performance indicator focuses on one of Alice's favorite topics, namely the underwriting process. And the KPI is Submitted to Initial Decision. This is generally measured in hours, and you can either use this to measure an entire department's average turn time or even individual underwriters. Very effective if you're using balanced multi-metric scorecards to fine-tune the behaviors of individual staff members. This measurement can also guide an organization to areas upstream from underwriting that contribute to this initial cycle time, like processing, setup, or even sales, to help ensure that people in those areas produce complete and accurate files that make the absolute best use of the underwriter's time. So the broad scope makes this a very powerful metric and shows yet again that what gets measured gets results. And with that, Dave, I will thank you again and turn it back to you. Thank you, John. I always appreciate those KPIs of the week. Good reminders. Check it out, folks. Go to MotivitySolutions.com or call them at 303-721-9000. Good job. Appreciate that. Also, Jim Jump over at Arch Mortgage, excuse me, Arch Mortgage Insurance, who uh, Jim is the Chief Marketing Officer, uh, wants to share a few thoughts with us about the Arch MI's Rate Star program. Check it out. Jim? Hello, David, and thanks for having me on the program. Today, I want to share some information about RGMI's most dynamic and competitive rate program. It's called RGMI RateStar, and it's a revolutionary mortgage insurance pricing solution that goes well beyond traditional MI rate sheets to provide our most competitive rates match precisely with your borrower. RateStar is now available, and all you need is your NMLS number to start using RateStar today. RateStar allows for our customers to obtain our most competitive rate for each loan they insure with ArchMI, and in many cases with considerable savings over traditional rate card pricing. Mortgage originators are letting us know that they like how easy it is to access RateStar, just how easy it is to use, and they really like the innovative design. RateStar is available to our customers via ArchMI's website at ArchMI.com or ArchMICU.com for credit unions. And the mobile app is available for Apple and Android devices. It is fully integrated with most loan origination systems and product and pricing engines. And with that, David, I will turn it back over to you and say thank you for the time. You bet. Thanks so much, Jim. And also check it out. Go to our website, look at onlendy.com. You can click on their link in the upper right-hand corner. It'll take you right out to the website. I encourage you to get a hold of your local ArchMI representative to tell, ask them to explain to you more and give you examples of how you can use the ArchMI's RateStar program and their app effectively to help you get more loans done. And uh, great service. Appreciate them to be our being our sponsor. Great group of people over there. Let's get over to our Hot topic segment. Very excited to have Phil Bracken with us today. Phil is someone I affectionately refer to as Senator Phil. He's been uh, involved in D.C. and 
many initiatives for some time. I'm really impressed with something that has been a passion of his for a long time, and that's homeowner advocacy. And he has created and founded an organization called America's Homeowner Alliance. And uh, just with that, we'll introduce Phil Bracken. Phil, good to have you with us on the radio today. Thank you, David. Looking forward to it. And uh, thanks for the listening. I know you raced. Yeah, I know you raced off the uh, airplane and got to your hotel so you could share with us with us live. And thank you so much for joining us. For those, you are really well known in the industry. I mean, uh, you are high profile, been around forever. But for those that may not be familiar with you, Phil, if you could run through your background real quickly, that'd be awesome. Happy to do it, David. Thank you. Um, I started in the business as a loan officer in 1975. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, took over a few branch offices for this company I worked for and eventually got a chance to start a mortgage company from scratch for uh, a uh, mid-sized bank in, in uh, Springfield, Illinois. Um, we grew that company for 11 years, uh, it grew it into 44 states, and eventually, 11 years later, sold it to the Prudential Insurance Company, and I became one of the managing directors of Prudential Home Mortgage and uh, took over that uh, and, and a couple of other provincial wow. subsidiary operations and um, ran that for uh, six years until we sold it to Wells Fargo. Um, and uh, my uh, boss at the time, the vice chairman, uh, Mark Oman, asked me what I wanted to do, and I told him I'd like to run the government relations. So uh, he said, we don't have that. So uh, <laughs> it gave me a chance to write a blueprint to uh, so you uh, to start one. Change uh, kind of dynamics uh, and the uh, and the interface in the industry, and so I wrote this blueprint and I took over the government relations uh, for the uh, Wells Fargo Home Mortgage and six of the other businesses there for uh, 16 years and retired uh, in July 2011. Um, in the middle of this crisis, or right at the end of the, the housing crisis, to uh, to start this uh, America's Homeowner Alliance. So uh, well, we'll get into more of that later. Yeah, I was thinking it's it's really unique. And for those of you who are wondering, what is the America's Homeowner Alliance? It is really, it is, you know, you said think of one of the examples when Phil and I were talking is AARP. I mean, you're familiar with that. It represents all the retired people. Well, this represents potentially 75 million existing homeowners. And the best part is the way Phil has designed this is it's got some great benefits to consumers and it's something that lenders should be giving away to their customers. And that's right. I said giveaway. You don't have to sign up, pay for anything. So let's get to the genesis of this. How? What was the creation? What What gave you the this idea to create this other than you saw a need? So, you know, talk about that. The beginning. Thank you, David. Uh, obviously, during the housing crisis uh, and my observation about public policy before that, uh, it seemed to me that, uh, frankly, in in Washington, not much public policy was done without uh, the the two big uh, uh, fuel that of uh, the engine of public policy were either uh, money or votes, and uh, the homeowners of America <laughs> had really no say in the in the outcome of public policy. There were many business uh, or trade groups or other entities that represented the business interests of lots of different entities around the housing and home ownership segment, but no one uh, representing the individual 75 million homeowners and, and all the aspiring homeowners of America. And I'll, uh, my uh, decision point for this was very simple. Uh, in the end of 2010, when the Census Bureau was reported, uh, um, Single-family residential homeowners had lost $7 trillion of value through this cycle. There were 10 million single-family... That's an extraordinary family. number. Yes, it's That's extraordinary. extraordinary. Yes, there had been nothing like that ever in, uh, in history. Uh, 10 million single-family residential vacant properties that came through um, a, a combination of foreclosure and deed in lieu, and many of them resulted from the predatory and abusive practices in the marketplace. There was a a rampant swing to credit tightening uh, that uh, new homeowners were unfortunately uh, swept up in. Uh, there were many servicing practices, some good, some not so good. Uh, uh, roughly, you know, and it just struck me that uh, this, the crisis was going to not, uh, there was no way to, for this to fix itself. It was going to require intervention, 
and the voice of the people had to be the voice to intervene. Um, housing and home ownership, uh, generally speaking, result in um, give or take a little bit of 20% of our uh, gross domestic product and and uh, really are the, the home ownership and housing cycle uh, is the is the fuel that is the um, the driver of the economic cycle of America. So add to our economy, I, absolutely. Oh yes, for the economy. So I decided to um, I went to talk to the major consumer groups, to the major diverse segment groups, to many of the uh, organizations that represent uh, individual consumers, like Consumer Federation of America and NCRC and AARP and uh, and others and got their endorsement, uh, written endorsement, and uh, asked them to join the advisory board. I filed uh, with the patent office the um, trademark service mark uh, patent request in July 2011 and received it about a year later. And same with the um, uh, the IRS filing the nonprofit status. And I did set this up as a nonprofit because uh, I wanted people to get the benefit of this. And we can talk more about that when we get to the uh, uh, what what is this all about? What are we doing this for? Yeah, I definitely would like to get to that. You know, when you look at the number of homeowners, and I think there's, I think to give you a, our listeners some idea of how poorly represented they are, you talked when we were visiting uh, yesterday about um, a tax that was going to be put on homeowners, and there was no advocacy to stop that, and it was it was a tax that was going to be supporting the freeway system, and they were going to put it on homeowners. Talk briefly about that. It's an example, I think, of just government gone wrong, misguided at the very least, and just gone wrong, And but yet you were involved in changing that. So talk briefly about that, and then I want to get into the benefits of lenders. And Well, excuse me, I want, then I want to get to membership wards. Go ahead. Sure, sure. Thank you, David. Um, well, first of all, uh, the function, the mission statement of the home, uh, America's Homeowner Alliance is to protect and promote sustainable homeownership for all segments of America. And the idea is every piece of legislation or regulation or business practice in the marketplace should be measured against that because if, uh, if it doesn't meet the need, then we should all be uh, uh, advocating against it like wolverines. If it, if, if it does help uh, promote uh, uh, that mission statement, then we should all be uh, advocating for it. There were three, uh, b- have been three big examples just recently. Um, the Payroll Tax and Unemployment Insurance Extension Act of 2011, the end of 2011, you remember that there was a 10 basis point charge placed on uh, all new mortgages that were sold to Fannie and Freddie for a period of 10 years after that. For, so it's every mortgage sold to Fannie and Freddie for 10 years after that uh, would be charged 10 basis points more. Right. Uh, and uh, that that is ongoing today. People are paying 30 years on those mortgages to pay for a two-month payroll tax and unemployment insurance. Yeah. Uh, the same thing happened um, uh, this past year, where Congress introduced a bill, uh, uh, a transportation bill, to uh, generate money, revenue, to help uh, refurbish the roads and highways. Uh, and they again, uh, the pay for was another proposed 10 basis point increase. Um, no different than uh, another bill that was introduced, actually an amendment uh, on um, the Gulf Restoration Bill uh, that was another uh, would have been another uh, penalty uh, against homeowners of America to, when they when they obtained their new mortgage of, of 10 basis points. We worked very hard to get both those bills uh, and the amendment uh, 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 tempered uh, to, to begin with, and then killed. So, uh, without that voice, without the benefit of the advocacy of somebody watching out for the individual homeowner, those things might have just happened uh, uh, w- without uh, any voice of the of the consumer uh, weighing in. So two great examples. Yeah. Good, good examples. I think it's so important. Now let's talk briefly for the benefits, again, the consumers, is the membership award program. You have over 1,800 merchants already signed up on this program uh, that are providing you know, discounts to the members. So talk about that. Thank you. And yes, David, the two functional parts of the America's Homeowner Alliance, advocacy on one side, that's a really big part of our endeavor is to make sure that uh, people, uh, the landscape of opportunity is available for individual homeowners, but obviously uh, lenders and loan officers and closing agents and and realtors and home builders and the whole um, supplier services industry I'll get back to that in a moment. Let me talk just a little bit about the um, member benefits. When we created this, the consumer group said to us, uh, 
we're all in for the advocacy, but what can you build something that will be beneficial for the consumer every day? So we built uh, the largest member benefits program in, in America. We contracted with a company called Ebates to build it. It is roughly 1,800 merchants. It's Home Depot and Lowe's and Sears and Macy's and Bed Bath and & Beyond and uh, Walmart, Kmart. It's all of the merchants that a consumer could ever uh, want or need to purchase products. And the idea is, again, back to the mission of pro uh, protecting and promoting sustainable home ownership. If we could find a way for consumers to save money, whether it's a mom sending her daughter to school with a backpack, new backpack, new shoes, new new uh, new jacket, or somebody that needs patio furniture for their uh, their new house, or they need tires for their car, anything that we can help them save money on, uh, and the way that they do it is um, uh, with through our shopping network, uh, they put the product in uh, at the top of the the uh, website, and and uh, just. I need tires for the car. The merchants that provide the best discounts that day will pop up, and you can have them shipped to the store and put on there. Or if it's merchandise for your home, just have it sent to your home. The value proposition here is if we can get people to save through the common things, and by the way, it's it's important to note, we're not trying to get people to spend more money, but on the money that is essential for them to spend. If we can save them money, right. we will help them right. pay their utility bills or their rent payment or their mortgage payment, uh, et cetera, or their car payment. And by the way, we built this America's Homeowner Alliance as a nonprofit, so all those discounts and the benefits go back to the consumer. And it is for, yes, for the 75 million existing homeowners of America, but it's also built for every aspiring homeowner, all renters that uh, at some point oh, want to buy a home. Uh, and the first-year membership, as you know, uh, we set this up where uh, the first-year membership is free to the consumer, they just have to go on the website and sign up. Um, uh, by the way, I'll mention this a number of times, but that website is www.myaha.com, uh, www.myaha.com. And if you use the discount code uh, AHA2016, you can get your first-year membership free. Renewals will be $20 a year. We wanted to set this bar very low so that people could uh, earn these benefits and and build this alliance to a point where, as I've told you, David, that before, this is built for 50 years, not for 50 days or 50 weeks. We're going to, uh, this yeah. is going to last for generations. Well, there's certainly $20, you would think they're going to derive benefits of it, especially if they just use the buyer's program. Allison, Joe, let me run over to the, see if there's any questions. Either you have, Alice, I'll go to you first. Uh, like, again, a lot of times, folks, I get questions out to Alice and Joe in advance, but this week, it's been just one of those crazy weeks, so I'm throwing them into the discussion here without much preparation. So, Alice, anything that you, that's piquing your interest based on what Phil's talking about related to this? Yes, thanks, Dave. Hi, Phil. Welcome to the program. I, I love the initiative that you have going here, so we're all for um, anything that makes home buyers more informed, right? So I heard that at the beginning, and um, I'd like to know a little bit more about um, what other ways you might be supporting them that you know might pique a, a lender's interest, right? I mean, are you looking for lender sponsorships in any of this, right? If I'm a salesperson listening to this, I'm going home buyers. How can I get my you know <laughs> get connected with them? Um, or you're trying to keep your distance from that group for more of of a unbiased. Um, you know, communication point. What are your thoughts on that? How's the organization set up? Well, thank you for asking, Alice. Uh, the outreach campaign absolutely uh, is utilizing uh, lenders of America, especially the loan officers, that uh, the people that touch the consumer of America. This is a differentiating benefit that a loan officer can use to give away to a consumer that makes an application or gets an approval on the loan or closes the loan or for people that they've done a loan with five years ago that they want to go back in and talk to, to them about something of benefit or value, they can give this away free to the customer, a great housewarming gift um, that uh, you know is durable and sustainable uh, as a gift itself. Clearly, we have some lenders using this uh, today for uh, a tool that they reach out to realtors and home builders and uh, closing agents, uh, etc., and they um, they use it as a uh, as a uh, an opportunity to uh, to provide them a, a, a value proposition as well. Um, we encourage the lenders to. Uh, we have a generic flyer that we um, we produce 
we encourage the lenders to put their logo on the flyer and uh, and, and uh, just use it to sign up people. Uh, the information is there. Some people are doing it at the closing. Some are doing it at application. Many are doing it uh, when they pre-qualify uh, consumers. So it's a great tool for realtors and real estate agents, for home builders, for loan officers, et cetera, uh, as, a, uh, as a housewarming gift. Well, that's a, that's a great idea. idea. So then, of course, my next question real quick is going to be on the education side, right? As an educator, are you providing education to, home, uh, to the home purchaser? Well, we do. In fact, uh, we uh, every 10 days or so, we send them a newsletter called The Road Home, and it's uh, informational uh, material that you uh, that a consumer can use. You know, uh, so many times the homeowner of America wakes up and doesn't under you know just doesn't understand that um, you know there's right now in Washington all I can't think of anything that's sacrosanct. I can't think of anything that isn't in play. So, mortgage interest deduction, uh, low down payment mortgages, the availability of fixed rate mortgages. Um, the mortgage insurance deduction, the home values, uh, everything uh, that, that uh, could possibly be in deliberation is is being discussed in Washington. And uh, homeowners would really have no idea about these deliberations unless we were there advocating on their behalf. We um, are building, there. when you go to our website, again, www.myaha.com, or you can just Google America's Homeowner Alliance. It will pop up. Uh, and use the discount code uh, AHA2016 to get your first year free membership. There are so many informational, educational, tutorial things on the website, and we're building some other links that we're going to have one up uh, hopefully by the end of March uh, that um, does a rent-to-buy and or rent-versus-purchase uh, calculator that people can use, uh, etc. The website is just uh, uh, jammed full of great information, we do a um, every other month. Uh, we do a uh, opinion editorial about uh, issues in Washington that we post in the Huffington Post. So you can go to Huffington Post and look up America's Homeowner Alliance, and you'll see the twelve or thirteen uh, uh, opinion editorials we've posted already. But it's all great stuff. The purpose of this is to do, provide advocacy, member benefits, and education for the consumer. Um, the informed consumer is a much better consumer. That's really good. Let's run over to Joe real quick. Thank you, Alice. Let's run over to Joe real quickly. I know one of the questions you had, Joe, is how many people are part of it, but let's get to you. Well, uh, my question, Phil, is what do you ask of your members? Anything? At the moment, we aren't asking anything other than use the shopping network because the more people that join and the more people that use the shopping network, the more ne- the more discounts we'll be able to negotiate um, with these merchants. Uh, at some point, we have the. When you go to the website, you'll see that it's built already. There is a public policy piece on the website. At some point in time, when consumers, uh, when our members, we, we are going to ask them at some point in time. I'll give you an example. If there was a bill introduced to do away with the mortgage interest deduction or or materially limit it, we would ask our members to weigh in on that. Uh, and we have uh, we would write a letter for them. The technology is already built for them to, uh, for us to just download it to the consumer and ask them to do um, take action on on behalf of the homeowners of America. Um, let me save you the question. Uh, people ask all the time, how many members do you have? We don't have a million yet, but um, it took AARP ten years to get their first million members. It's not going to take us ten years. I can tell you that. Um, we have um, thousands. Uh, I promised the board I won't tell. Uh, uh, how many members we have till we get to the million mark? But we're uh, we're we are uh, uh, growing like crazy, and and uh, it's such a uh, it's such a unique and wonderful uh, opportunity for people to actually have a voice, and uh, we will be asking them to actually take action. But thank you for the question, Joe. Yeah, and Phil, do you uh, is your focus on a national scale, and so legislation in Washington, or do you get down to the state by state level? Well, there are certain things that are, uh, I would say, the the high focus is in Washington, D.C., but where there are state issues that can become profound enough uh, that uh, they rise to a level of importance, we will be weighing in on those as well. Certainly, uh, 
eminent domain is one that's uh, you know uh, on on the top of the radar screen in three or four mm-hmm. states right now. So we will be weighing in st- on state issues and frankly, a few local issues as well. Um, there was uh, you know there are some issues uh, you know uh, one just let me um, I'll sort of labor over this with you for a second. I was you know helped chair the consumer uh, and the lender. Uh, aspect of uh, the Katrina Relief Coalition during Hurricane Katrina. That's a perfect example of where a catastrophe occurred that could have happened, you know, darn near anywhere in America, and we would have been uh, all over that with the America's Homeowner Alliance. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks. Good, good, good. This is really valuable. I sit and look at something like this. I love the, the when people come up with ideas like this because the homeowners have not been uh, represented. We only have just two minutes left before we got to get ready to pack this program up and put it away. But so what is the benefit? Tell us some of the benefits lenders are having by promoting this and making it available, other than obviously they're giving something for free to their their homeowner clients, and uh, they should be doing it versus less less their competitor be doing it. But are there other benefits that they should be aware of? Yes, David, thanks for asking. Some lenders and some real estate companies, uh, there are big companies, small companies, medium-sized companies, credit unions, etc., are using this as an employee benefit. They provide it to their employee base, uh, you know, free of charge for the first year. Um, you know, it's, it's fabulous. It's, a, it's something that they can give them that they don't have to build. It's already built. Um, many lenders are uh, sending this out as a, uh, as a gift to their servicing customers, etc., uh, thank you for sending your, you know, for making your last six payments on time and uh, something like that. Uh, it, it is an extraordinary tool for uh, for lenders of America to use, not only to harvest new customers, but to differentiate themselves with their employees and their uh, and their uh, the, the people that make application with them. So it's fabulous. And you know, David, I always end with uh, uh, again the website www.myaha.com. And the discount code AHA2016, and you've heard me say this many times before, and I, I, I uh, will, will continue to say this. In terms of public policy in America, if I had all the homeowners in America on this line right now, I would tell them the same thing: you are either at the table or you are on the menu. <laughs> that's look. That's so true. I love that expression. That's one of your classics, and it's so true, Phil. Thanks so much for taking time to get a hold of us here. Is there any other contact information people should have to get a hold of you personally if they have questions or want to uh, talk more about this? What's the best way for them to reach you, Phil? Absolutely. There is uh, obviously a customer service link on the website, but uh, my personal email is phil.w.bracken, B-R-A-C-K-E-N, at gmail.com. I'll repeat that, phil.w.bracken at gmail.com. Send me a note, and I'll be happy to to get back with you. And the team that's working on this are all extraordinary professionals. Uh, They've been at this a long time in the mortgage industry, most of them very good friends of mine. And um, we're providing great service and a great tool, and this is going to grow like crazy. Outstanding. It's a great service. I'm glad you're doing it. It's so I really do appreciate you taking time. Uh, to join, especially uh, after just getting off a flight. Thanks so much, Phil. Have a great rest of the week, and uh, safe travels back home, my friend. Thank you, David. You bet. Folks, we've had as our guest the founder and chairman of Mortgage, excuse me, not Mortgage Action Alliance. I'm, I'm thinking we've got that to come. We've got to talk about that. America's Homeowner Alliance. Check it out at myaha.com. The markets continue to do what, Joe? I'm on. Yeah, it looks like they're falling back a little bit from where they were at the highs. And on the yeah, we're not off. Side, we're just a couple thirty seconds off the high. Yeah, not not much. Next week we have coming up on our, our podcast uh, we got Don Lampke, who's going to be, which is who is with Morrison and Forrest, Forrester. We're looking forward to having him here. We're going to be talking about Humda. We're going to have Alice involved in that conversation and uh, a lot of the regulatory stuff's going on. What's interesting about Don's background is he is focuses a lot of his legal practice towards being a resource to the vendors that are trying to keep you compliant. So it's an interesting angle. We're looking forward to having Don on the program. I was on a webinar with him with Compliancies here a few weeks back, and I was really impressed with this content, so it will be really good 
to have him here. Folks, it's been good to have you with us. We appreciate you tuning in, telling others. Whoops, I hit that button just a little bit prematurely. Uh, We're looking forward to having you back next week, telling others about the podcast. Have a great week, everybody, and look forward to seeing you back here next week. This has been Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin, of Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. Today's guests were Joe Farr from MBS Line, Andy Shell of Mortgage Banking Solutions, and Alice Alvey, President CMB of Mortgage U. Come by next week, and thank you for listening. 